this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined see does everyone recognize that voice the one and only miss carrie wells hello darlings how are you you know i'm good it's rainy day in atlanta but i'm staying warm and dry and i'm good i love a rainy day i love a rainy day Uh, yeah it's been so hot you know what the south is like i mean rain is always welcome well, don't rainy days remind you of home England, in England? Yes. But in England, it rains way too much. I mean, it's just like a small island that gets drenched all the time. How did you end up in Atlanta from well, England, from Yorkshire? Yeah, from Yorkshire. Um, via Aspen. I came to America. I came to Aspen skiing and I thought, this is America. I had no clue. I was 17 and I fell in love with it and I wanted to move. So I... Um, finally moved after college at 22. Wow. So it really, it's Aspen and skiing yes. that you've. And I wow. worked in the industry and I worked in production. And then I met my husband in Aspen. You have done, so you've done everything. You were a model, you've worked in production. Yeah. Tell us about some of that. Like, tell me about like modeling. Like how did you fall into modeling? I got hired to be a lingerie model for La Perla lingerie. Wow. When I was 19 years old and I did fashion shows for La Perla. I traveled all over the country doing that. And then I I got booked with an agency and did just a lot of fashion shows, but print work and just everything. Um, And it was good. I was earning money at a young age. So that was fun. And, um, a lot of experiences, a lot of fun experiences. 
did you love being a model? Because I mean, I know there's some parts of it that are not all cracked up to be. No, I, I would not recommend modeling because it, w- it was insecurity on steroids. It was, you know, you go for an audition and there's like 500 girls that look like you and have better bodies and better hair and more confidence. So it's, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. That's what I'm picturing. Just yeah. a tough industry, lots of... I wouldn't put my daughter in it, That put it that way. I mean, unless you really have the stomach for it, it's tough. It really is tough. Totally. And then how did you fall into production? Like, did you buy, did you buy a production company? Yeah, did I read that? I a production company in Aspen. Um, at the time, in order to get my green card here, I had to have a business. And I met a lady that had a production company. So I started working for her and I bought her company. And um, I ran it for 12 years doing all sorts of mainly commercials. It was a commercial production company in Aspen and it's still in business. I sold it after my first child. And how did you figure, I mean, you know, you just don't go down the street and buy a production company. Like, how'd you know what to do? So I went to film school. I loved, I love film and television. So a lot of people do make the transition from in front of the camera to behind the camera. And I was dating a famous director at the time who I'd met in Aspen. He wasn't a director when I met him. He was a second cameraman. But as we sort of grew up together, he had his direction, uh, direction, uh, director company. And I have my production company. And we sort of worked uh, together and separately. And we did a lot of uh, photo shoots and a lot of video shoots. And- did you love doing the production? Do you love owning this production company? I loved it and I loved selling it because if you've worked in production, it's long hours and you do not get to finish until the job is done. So it's not like a nine to five or anything. You basically work until the director says cut. And some of those directors can be very demanding. So I was happy to sell it. Who is this famous director? Anyone that we know? The director in... (laughs) Um, he is, yeah, his name is Klaus Obermeier. He's, um, he does a lot of commercials and he's still a very good friend of mine. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of people think the entertainment business is so, I mean, there is a great glamorous side to it, but it's a lot of work, right? Yeah, it's very glamorous. You get great opportunities. I worked with a ton of celebrities. I had, you know, experiences that you would never get in a lifetime. But at the end of the day, it is very demanding. And as soon as I had my daughter, I mean, I was flying back and forth, Aspen, Atlanta. She'd been on like 40 plane rides by the time she was nine months old. Wow. And at some point, Duncan just goes, you need to quit. You're like, I think I'm done with this. So, I mean, I had my cell phone in the delivery room. Like it was, you're on call as a producer, you're always needed. So that was it for me. I, I, I needed to sell the business. And you've done some acting in front of the camera. I've done some acting. I got to work with Tyler Perry. That was a lot of fun. Um, And just, you know, small parts here and there. But I did it more for fun than a career. What is Tyler Perry like? He's amazing. I have such respect for him. He is very unique because when you're on set with him, it's go, go, go. Like a lot of directors have different styles. He is so driven and he is so quick to knock out those scenes, like it, it freaked me out a little bit because I was like, I'd never seen anyone work so quickly. I get on set and I'm with Tika Sumter and he's like, okay, let's run lines. And I'm like, can I warm up a bit? Can I have a minute? Like he's like, boom, 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 let's get going. 
and she was ready to go. Like I, I'm, you know, it takes me a minute. So, um, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. He's just like a mile a minute and like ahead of everyone. So professional. He's so kind and he's just very, um, very hardworking. Like very, he's, he's a very bright guy. Like he's, he's, he's got it going on. Is there something that you've done and you've done it all, Jack of all trades, like that you like the best, like acting, producing. Um, I mean, I know you've done some real estate development, like you've done it all. I like to, you know, you only live once. So try different things and see what sticks. Um, I've enjoyed, you know, each thing I've enjoyed for the time. And then I, you know, move on to something else. But I would say acting's fun because you you get to work with different people. Production was fun. This show has been fun for me. <laughs> this season especially has been fun for me. Um, but yeah, I just, I take it all, you know, with the same joy, I guess. How did you get involved with Married to Medicine initially, way back when? Way back when Mariah approached me. She knew I was married to a doctor. We were in, you know, similar circles. My husband's just arriving. I'm on a, I'm on a Zoom interview. Tell him we said hello. Hello, Dr. Duncan. Um, but yeah, so she approached me and she mentioned that she had this, you know, medical show that she was wanting to get going. And she wondered if I would be interested. And I, I was like, yeah, I'm interested. Let's see what it's all about. You know, no clue about reality television, no clue about this whole genre and so it was it came as quite a surprise to me initially really so you didn't watch any like you weren't a fan of like housewives or you know any or anything I loved the show Desperate Housewives that was one of my favorites like I loved that show that was a great show I um but this that was pre-reality television or when it was just getting going I'd watched a couple of show episodes but I'd never followed one in particular and so I, I didn't really have the experience as to what it was all about. So you were approached, you got involved in the show, you're on the show, they start filming. Like, were you shocked at what you got into? You know, with no shade, I say that, but you know, reality TV, it has its share of drama. Yeah, at first for me, it was a huge shock because um, I ju- it was like, I always said the first season for me was like Mean Girls, that movie where just don't know who's your friend and who isn't and who's saying what behind your back like it was really I felt like I was on the Mean Girls set it's a Um, good education right the first season yes and now you know I'm a little bit older and a little bit more seasoned and I've got my chest moves down a little bit better so I find it a lot more fun where did you originally meet Dr. Duncan I met him in Aspen. He was on a course and I was on production and we had, we met kind of through a blind date. Wow. And he um, was going through a divorce. He was separate, legally separated. And I had ended a five-year relationship. So we just were, you know, we just sort of met and hit it off. Wow. How is this season, which has been so great so far, how is it, you said like, especially this season, like how is this season different for you? For me, because I am a friend of the show this season, so that's definitely a lot more fun for me because I wasn't at all of the events and I um, there was COVID going on and all sorts going on. It was a crazy season, it really was. 
but it was fun for me. So I could sort of show up and here and there and go support Toya. And I, it was amazing to go to the March on Washington. That was like a life changing event. It was so fantastic to be a part of that. Um, but it's just been fun for me this season. It's not been um, as heavy as perhaps the first season was. How challenging was it, you know, to deal with COVID? Like COVID was a factor on set, like not just in filming, but like in the storyline, like in quarantine, like how was that to film during all of that? I I got COVID and Dr. Simone got COVID. Her husband got COVID. Contessa got COVID. So it was crazy. Like we didn't know how, like how bad we're going to get it, what's going to happen. So Duncan and I had to quarantine and we had to separate from the kids for 14 days, which was the hardest part. Because wow. just like, fend for yourselves, Uber Eats, you know, delivery. Thank God for delivery. I mean, we lived on meal delivery. Yeah. If you have COVID, nobody wants to deal with you. Like, it's not, there's no friends with love and COVID. <laughs> no, there's not. No one wants to take you in. Were your kids secretly, you know a little bit, you know, like they were scared, but were they like, great, we get to eat out, you know, order in every night. My son thought it was an adventure because he's so independent. Our daughter hid in her room for three days, didn't want to come down, wouldn't even speak to us, even on Zoom, unless she was wearing a mask and glove. She was like, it was like we were a couple of lepers in our own home. How nice was it to have a doctor for a husband? You know, because like in the beginning, we were really all so scared because of COVID. Like that must have been at least, and even to be a part of the show around all these doctors, like during COVID. Yeah, it, it was it was great having doctors because the pulsometer, Dr. Contessa, I called her right afterwards and I'm like, I have it too. And she's like, get the pulsometer, you know, check your breathing. And that was the main thing because if your breathing goes, then you know, you're going to get it badly. So I had that pulsometer. I was checking it. And of course, Duncan, you know, is, is there telling me all the symptoms, what to worry about, what not to worry about. And thank God we didn't get it too bad. That's good. I, I had it too. I didn't have it so bad either. Yeah. We know, you know, you're still very close with Toya all these years later. What is it about Toya that makes your friendship so special? I think initially we sort of went through the the trenches together you know after this the fight at my house and all of that like it was like the everything was stripped down we were honest with each other we sort of we it, it broke down years of that would normally take to build in a friendship you know we sort of knew where we stood with each other so I think it gave us a great foundation and Tori can be difficult I'm not saying she's the easiest person to get along with but you always know where you stand with her and I like that because she's straight up. She's not, she's not fake. I mean, people will say things about her, but she's a real girl. Like she is a good friend and she will sometimes say things, but at least she'll say it to your face. She won't talk behind you back. I'm from New York. So I relate to that type of personality. <laughs> I don't like, I'm very wary of people that are too nice to me. I'm just like, yeah. you can't be this happy all the time. I mean, come on now. I know. And, and I prefer that, you know, I, when I first went to New York, I was like, I prefer that. At least you know what you're dealing with. Whereas with some people, and I'm not going to mention names, but you never, ever know what you're dealing with. Well, on that note, you know, throughout all the seasons, like when you look back, what's kind of the high for you and what's kind of the low? Um, the high was definitely the March on Washington. 
the low and also meeting Al Sharpton and all that, that dinner was amazing. Like it, 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 in the episode, it didn't get to show everything because obviously you only have an hour, but it was the stories that we were listening to. It was just, there was no dry eye. Like everybody was so moved at that dinner. It was such a fabulous event. I mean, something I will never forget for the rest of my life. And the March on Washington, like that was to be a part of that was amazing. Yeah. The low, I would say, was the pool party at my house. That was the low for me. The husband's birthday party. Yeah. The black eye event. As far as like the March on Washington, I mean, like, it's amazing that like Bravo can incorporate this into this show. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day, that causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who is a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues, anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and BetterHelp really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvet rope. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Velvet Rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. I mean, how much, like, it sounds like you got that dinner with Al Sharpton. It really went on for a long time. Like, you, I mean, of course, you can only show an hour. Yeah, and with Tom Crump. I mean, it was, it was really, really just fabulous to listen to their stories and what they have seen in their lifetime and experience. Like, it was something I wasn't aware of. And I think everybody there was moved. I mean, it was, it was a great dinner. And for Bravo to do that was really amazing. That's what I was going to say. Like when you look back at this season, like you must be proud to be part of a show that is showing these things. I mean, these are the real things of what are going on in the world. It was, yeah. And to do that and to have, you know, everybody at the March, like it was people from all over the world, from all different nationalities, like everybody wanting to be an ally, everybody wanting to show their support. And so for me, yeah, I'm a white girl, but I want to be an ally as much as I can. So for me to go was great. I'd marched here with my daughter and we'd been downtown when they had the National Guard down then. CNN building was burning and all this crazy stuff going on in Atlanta. 
So to go to such an organized and very, like there wasn't any violence. There wasn't any people being crazy. Like it was a, such a well-organized day. It was yeah. Like, what about, you know, mentioning your low, this party, you know, you and Mariah have, you know, there's no love loss, I think, between the two of you. Was that part of, you know, you being a friend this season? Like, I mean, at least, is there like some sigh of relief that Mariah is not part of this friend group at this moment? You know, Mariah and I, I, we've completely forgiven each other. I, if I see her, we're very friendly. I wish her the best. I wish her family the best. But um, yeah, it's been different not having her around. I think everybody seems a little bit calmer, a little bit, it's a lot, a lot easier, it seems. Who do you think, who are you least close to in this group? I mean, we know you're closest to Toya. Well, hmm, least close. Heavenly and I have had some issues this season. She's definitely, she can be very antagonistic. And um, I'm, you know, I I grew up the baby of the family. I'm never one to back down. I always have the last word. Like as as three older brothers always telling me what to do, I was very much... I never back down. And so it's hard for me. If she's going to be saying things, I'm not going to be silent. Right. Do you think having these three brothers like prepared you for this, this group of women that are very outspoken and all have something to say? I'm ready for anything. And I think that's, you know, the misconception about me. Sometimes people think because I'm polite, that I'm weak. I'm not. I'm just, you know, I went to an all girls convent school. I, learn to deal with the biggest bitches in the world (laughs) like I can handle myself you think is that like a big misconception of you just I'm telling you it's the accent it's like it's so elegant everything said with it and I understand that I've traveled all over the world too when we as Americans are in Australia or the UK or many other places it's the same thing but do you think it's the accent that here in America we're just charmed by I don't know because um I don't know what it is but anyway I'm ready (laughs) <laughs> well, well, Andy Cohn did call you the queen of class. He did. That was very sweet. I think because Mariah coined herself the queen bee, so he gave me that title. That's not a bad title to get from Mr. Cohn. I was very impressed. What about, you know, because the show is called Married to Medicine, but we have a lot of like doctors on the show and we even saw this come up this season, which again, I think this is such a great season, you know, where you're being told you can go sit with the smart group implying like the doctors. Oh and That got me into so much trouble. I was just repeating what Heavenly had said, but um, they're all intelligent. I mean, let's face it, all the doctors are super intelligent. But why does there have to be sides? Dr. Eugene said to me, he goes, you know, you didn't have a civil war in your country. He goes, but this is what it's like between these ladies. It's like a civil war. They are on opposite sides at the moment. So. Yes, I agree. Did you ever feel like, you know, there was that division, like from the doctors, like that arrogance or like, you know, just it's been many seasons. Yeah, like, did I, you- I think so not from all of them. But from a couple, I think they think because we're married to doctors that we've just married wealthy husbands and we're sitting back eating Cheetos all day and drinking champagne and spending their money, which nothing could be further from the truth. I don't even like Cheetos. So, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, if that's the truth, then like, can I'll come down to Atlanta and maybe you can find me a doctor because I mean, sign me up. 
I know plenty of doctors that would like you. Well, honey, I'll be on the first plane down there. And I also don't like Cheetos, but champagne is okay. What do you think there's other misperceptions of you? Like snobby or that I think I'm better than, you know, that I think I'm better than other people. I do not. Like I'm just, I'm very down to earth, but I think maybe because of my accent or because I carry myself in a certain way that people think I'm, you know, snobby, elitist, bitch, and I'm just not. I'll tell them you're not. What about, what is the best thing? You know, like, have, what, have you changed from being a part of this experience over eight years? Like, how do you, I mean, has the show changed you or am I just being too deep? No, I think it has. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't, I, I graduated from the University of Zero Fox. I mean, I'm not, I am not taking anything too seriously anymore. Um, the first, I guess at first, it was like going to the school of reality television and now I've graduated. So what would you, if you looked back and gave advice to yourself season one, or if someone else came to you, they were about to be cast on a Bravo show of any sorts, like, what would you say for advice? I would say go for it. You know, Heather Dubrow called me cause she's a friend of a friend of mine. And this was just as we started filming and I said, Heather, what is it like? She goes, it's the 80-20 rule, 80% good, 20% bad. If you can just deal with the 20% bad, you get 80% good. So that's not so bad. Yeah. I don't think that's always the case for people in every season because some seasons can be in reverse. But for me, it's, you know, I, I, I look at it like that. That's good advice from Heather Dubrow. Do you keep on that note? Do you know any other like Bravo celebrities? Like, have you heard from any ladies? You know, obviously, the ladies from Atlanta, Mimi, Cynthia, Candy, Sheree. We were Sheree and I were going to have dinner, and she stood me up because she got had a flood at her house, and then she forgot to call me. So I'm sitting at the restaurant. She goes, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." (laughs) Sheree, stood up, Sheree. Yeah, I was stood up by her, and then. Heather, I've met Karen from the Housewives of Miami, and I think that's all. But they're all really nice. Like it's, they all, everyone I've met seems really nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. 
Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com slash velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. Are you the type, because like, you know, you mentioned like with your production company, you've worked with everyone. Like, are you the type to get starstruck just with like, you know, Hollywood, like we all have our favorites. In Aspen, because it's a small town, there's a lot of celebrities that come. And so you, I've met a lot of famous people, but um, the only time I would be starstruck is if I met somebody like Obama or somebody like that. I would just be like dribbling at the side of my mouth and not speaking properly. That would probably happen, but most people are just like us. So I don't think I would be. It's true. I mean, the more people I, you know, I've spoken to so many people like this and not even in reality TV, like actual actors and actresses and everyone's just a human being really. Mind you, I have a few myself that I'd be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, but when they're so good looking and so you just like, oh my goodness gracious. Like, yeah. There's a reason that people get, it's like, it's like you, you meet certain people and you're like, I understand why you are a movie star. Like I get it now. Like there's something about you. Have you ever had that type of experience where like you just meet someone like you weren't expecting them to be nice or, you know, they're so, and they just were like through blew you away with how nice they were. Yeah. I met Gwen Stefani actually. And she was close up. She was so pretty. Like I couldn't believe how pretty she was. Um, and who else have I met that, really blew me away um Kevin Costner he's he was very nice but yeah everyone else is just some of them are so ugly close Gwen Stefani's a good one she's beautiful skin have you ever met like the opposite where you meet someone and you know they're less than pleasant I have 
Yes, and I don't want to say who, but yeah, I've definitely had that experience. I was going to say, Carrie, would you like to tell us who that is here today behind the velvet rope? I don't want to get in trouble. Fair enough, but you can't blame a girl for trying. What about you're also an author? You wrote a book. I wrote a book, The Pink Monkey Children's Book. Um, It was my kids' favorite story, and it was to teach them about tolerance and acceptance. So it's not particularly to do with race. It's about anybody that's different, anybody that looks different, sounds different, acts different. Um, my kids are part Hispanic and growing up, they were, when they were, before they knew about colors, they were like, mommy color, daddy color, and beige. Like daddy color's a bit darker than my pale skin, more Hispanic color. And then beige people were the brown people and I was pasty white. So my daughters, so I wrote this book just to teach them about different colors and different types and people that sound different or look different and they love it. And it's called The Pink Monkey. Like I said, you've done it all. <laughs> Not quite, but I intend to before I take a drink now, so. Well, is there something on that note like that you are doing next? Like, is there something you still wanna do in the I'm, career world? I'm, I'm always taking on people and projects. That's kind of my thing. Um, so we're, I'm taking the kids to build homes in Guatemala this summer. Really? I want to teach them about poverty and different things. So we're going to do that. I'm not going to be actually building myself. So I can't take credit for that, but the kids are and Duncan is, and he's done it before. So we're going to go build in Guatemala and then have a fabulous vacation. I bought a house in Aspen that I'm remodeling at the moment. Um, I sold my building from season one. You did. Yeah, that's sold. And what else am I doing? I bought a condo in downtown Atlanta in Buckhead for an investment. So I'm always like doing stuff. You're busy. What about, because I mean, if you break it down and look at ratings, like Married to Medicine is really, it's a highly rated show. Like, what do you think it is about this show that resonates with so many people? I think to it's, Obviously, to, to look in the lives of doctors is, is interesting because doctors are unique people and they're always on the go. So to see how real they are and to see that they have problems like they have, whether it's problems personally, problems in relationships, problems with friendships. And also, I think to see how we're not that different from everybody else. I think people, people like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm amazed, you know, I've done a lot of things in my life too. Just doctors amaze me just because I don't, I mean, how? Like medicine is so advanced these days. I couldn't. And how like a doctor could go from like in like a major, like insane surgery and then just go and like have a glass of wine or have like drum and like, it's really like a job, but it's so foreign to me. It is so foreign to me. Ready in the snap of a hat note to just go. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. What about, and I don't mean any shade because I love the housewives and I watch all the housewives, but you know, the housewives are so buzzy. We all talk about the housewives, but if you really break it down, like Married to Medicine has ratings that are higher than some other of the housewife shows. Like, do you think Married to Medicine doesn't get that glamour cachet that it so deserves? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's glamorous. I think it's fun. I think it's unique. And I think that's why it has a following. And, and there's so many different characters. There are so many different characters. If this show, 
goes on for years and years, which I think we're on that track. Yeah. What are you here? Are you, would you stay anywhere as much as some of the ladies would like to see me go somewhere? I'm not going anywhere. Well, that's, I'm glad to hear that. What about Anila? How was Anila as a addition? I, yeah, she seemed great. Um, I loved, I loved learning. I can't let it out what happens later on, but um, I, it all will be revealed this season, but she, um, I love the Indian culture and I love meeting her family. I love seeing that side of things. So I thought that was fun. She and Toya kind of got into it and that will be revealed. Um, but for me, I don't have a problem with Neil. And how great, like we talk about diversity and inclusion, how great is it to like, I oh mean. God, it was fantastic. Like they, some of the events that you'll get to see are just fabulous. No hints on what's to come for the rest of the season? You'll have to watch, darling. I don't want to get you in trouble, so I understand. Is there anything else that you want to share with us that we haven't covered today? And I also want to ask you, I mean, I know you don't watch a lot of reality TV, but like, do you have binges that you're doing now? Like, are you, you know, like, are you a Grey's Anatomy person or like something on Netflix? Like what type of TV do you love? Brown and Victoria. I watched like completely. I couldn't get enough of it. But The Affair, watch that. That's got some wild sex scenes in it. And also... It's got five seasons. So I've been watching that. Um, But yeah, I binged a lot of shows during COVID. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The Affair is a good one. It's yeah. a good one. So don't tell me what happens. I'm on season three. It's, it's a good, it will keep you busy. And like, yes. Do you watch any of the doctor shows like Grey's Anatomy or anything yeah. like that? I have my own Grey's Anatomy. I have to watch every day. <laughs> you do. Um, so Duncan keeps me busy and keeps me entertained, but um, no, I haven't watched Grey's Anatomy. It's a good one too. What else do you want us to know about you? Like anything else I haven't brought up? I like to give people a chance. I'm not a snobby little bitch, Johnny. I'm very, I'm just me. I'm down to earth. I'm real. And on these shows, it's so funny. People like to say who's fake and who's not and this and that. I'm not fake. I try and be myself. And if people don't like who I am, then that's not my problem. You know, I try and be kind, I try and be nice, but not everybody's going to love you. Well, I think too, like the audience can tell, like when someone's really fake and then they tune out. Like, I just think as reality TV viewers these days, like it's the genre has been around too long that we can tell when someone's not authentically themselves and wants maybe the fame or the drama to stand out like authentic, like you come across very authentic. Yeah. I liked. Well, I hope you're not going anywhere anytime soon because it's great to see you back. I think this is like one of the best seasons in years for Mary to medicine. Personally. It really is like we cover so many great things and you'll see friendships change and you'll see the ups and downs of the usual show, but then 
during COVID, like that was a very, it was difficult to film. We're all with our cell phones filming ourselves half the time because we couldn't film. So it was, it was a really interesting season. Well, that's the other thing. Like Bravo doesn't miss a beat. You know, like at the beginning of COVID, we're all like, okay, we have real issues here. But then once you get over that, you're like, well, how is this going to work? Like we need our shows. They figured it out for every show, pretty much. It was very difficult because really you, we were shut down. Like we had to follow all the rules and, and it was pretty strict how it was. Do you have any plans to travel? I mean, now that the world is kind of opening, I mean, I know international is still not as open. I need to travel. I'm so, I want my, I, like as soon as they allow the vaccine passport, I'm just going on a world tour. Like I'm, <laughs> I can't wait to go everywhere. Right you and now, me both. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to travel. I have been to 55 countries in all seven continents. And have me beat. I have been to 50. That's pretty good. That I'm in good. like, right? Because like when you're used to traveling, you're like, oh man. Wow, that's fantastic. Good for you. And all, and all continents. Like Africa was probably my favorite of the continents. But yeah. Antarctica is a little insane. If you ever, I'm like one of those adventurous travelers, like at home in New York, people think I'm prissy, but then you see me like rough it on like a trip and people are like, oh, wow. I'm like, yeah. I love to get experiences like that. Just anything different. I love, I love studying the world and seeing the world. Africa, if you've never been to Africa is, I just can't. But I want to go on a safari. I want to do that. It's as amazing. Like you are literally this. It's amazing. It's and also it's a very relaxing vacation. You just sit there and get driven around all day. You stay in like five star tents. I would love it. You would love it. Where can everybody find you online that wants to follow you that doesn't already? My Instagram, which is Carrie Wells underscore. And it links your website. I know. So yes, I appreciate you stopping by. You're nice. You're not a bitch. I will spread the word. Thank you. Can't wait to see what happens the rest of the season. Thank you so much for taking your time and keep in touch. Thank you. Tell Dr. Duncan I said hello. Oh, I shall. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.